0: We want to welcome all those watching online today. We're so glad that you're watching. We love to have you be our guest. If you're ever in our area, we love stop in and worship with us. We send you home with some free gifts. But most of all, we love to see your smiling face and let you know you are valued and you are welcome. Today, we're starting a new series we're calling Views. Views. We want to change the way that you see Jesus, and we want to see the, change the way people see Jesus through you. We want to change our viewpoint today. I want to ask you the question, and it becomes our title for today's message. Can people see Jesus through your eyes? Can people see Jesus through your eyes? There are two things that the Bible says that we have power to defeat the enemy. Two things we use in our life to defeat the enemy. Let's read it here in Revelation twelve eleven. It says, and they have defeated him, talking about Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. Two ways that we have power over the enemy is through the blood of Jesus. Now we understand that, that Jesus defeated the power of sin in our life and now we are redeemed by God's amazing grace. That the power of the blood of the lamb who shed his blood on the cross for my sins now has the power to defeat the enemy in my life. No longer does sin hold me captive but I have been set free by the blood of Jesus. Someone said amen. But today also, just as powerful is the word of our testimony. Just as powerful to defeat the enemy is when I share the goodness of God in my life, when I share that the enemy has no power in my life, that God's grace has set me free, I can share that I had an encounter that changed my life forever with Jesus. When I begin to share this, the enemy has no stronghold in my life, but I'm kicking him out of my life, saying my life belongs to Jesus and therefore it breaks the power that the enemy has in my life. Your story matters. Your testimony matters. It empowers you to to defeat the enemy in your life. I wonder how many people were like me today. Maybe you're sitting in church, and for for many years I sit in church, and I, I would sit there and I would think, you know what? If people really knew the real me, they wouldn't like me. If people really knew the mistakes I've made, they wouldn't want me in this church. If people really knew how bad I've blown it, then people would not want to be around me. And even it carried over to the point where I thought, you know what? God really doesn't love me the way he loves others. I've, I've blown it too much in my life. I've made a mess of my life at times. And God, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. And I I would carry this big sin bucket in my life and carry it around and I would empty it out when I couldn't carry it no more, but I just felt this tremendous guilt and weight of my sin. Ever been there? Ever been there when you're in church and maybe you come to church all the time, but in your mind you think, you know what? God doesn't love me the way he, he loves others. Maybe you come to church, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm here. I kind of feel that way right now. I say, you are loved by God. You are valued by God. God loves you so much today. And maybe you're here and maybe you're just getting started new. And You say, this is kind of new for me. I'm checking it out. Someone invited me or maybe I just came because I'm looking for change in my life. I'm searching for some answers. I'm not really sure yet if I want to give my life to Jesus, but I'm here checking it out. And I say, you're welcome as well. I'm glad you are here. It can be new. Remember when you came to church for the first time? Maybe for those, some of you were raised in church, you forget about this. But remember the people who come to church for the first time as an adult? And they walk in and they're like, stand up. I don't want to stand up. Where everybody else is standing, I guess I'll stand. Lift your hands. I don't want to lift my hands. Why am I going to lift my hands? That's kind of crazy. Why would I lift my hands in worship? And then you're singing these songs about the blood of Jesus. You guys are glory. Is this in the blood of cold? What's going on around here? It can be kind of confusing to people who've never experienced that before. And But then something happens. You begin to sense something in your heart. And you're like, well, maybe there's something to this. I, I feel my heart softening. I, I feel like I'm in the presence of, of God. And I, I don't even know what that means, but I, I feel it. I feel a tugging at my heart and my spirit like I need to change. And I, I feel something pulling at me. And pretty soon you, you feel change coming. It's okay today. I want you to know that you're all right, right wherever you're at. But so many times we get stuck there in our mind. We get stuck there remembering that you know what? I mean, God, we think that in our lives, and it happens. L- let me remind you of something. The church should always remind ourselves that the church is not a courtroom okay the church is not a courtroom you're not sitting here being judged today by me you're not being judged by the person beside you and even god's not judging you today you're in a place of a hospital a spiritual hospital the church is a hospital where broken people can have their hearts put back together again by the great physician jesus christ your life can be changed your life can be healed Your life can be put back together. All the brokenness in your life has led you to this day where Jesus can come and have an encounter with your life that can change you forever. This is why we're here. Can I just tell you something? We're all broken. We're just broken in different ways. But we all have have a different story of being broken in different ways. We've all gone through our challenges. We've all gone through seasons of difficulty and loss. We're all imperfect people in search of a perfect God, serving a perfect God. I love John 10.10. It explains that Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, destroy. He goes, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus said this, that when you're sitting here, this is what he's trying to tell you. When you're sitting here and you think, God doesn't love me as much as he loves somebody else, God couldn't forgive me because of all my mistakes. I'm not enough, I'm not valued enough. When you're having all those thoughts running through your head, that's the enemy attacking your mind, trying to get you to doubt what God's trying to do in your life right now. That's the enemy telling you that. God's not telling you that. God's not telling you, God says, I want you to have life and I want you to have life to the fullest. God wants you to have a full life. God wants to give you a life full of joy. He wants to give you a life full of grace, a life full of happiness, a life full of power, a life full of confidence, a life full of faith, a life full of peace, a life full of love, a life full of mercy, a life full of healing and redemption. He's come to give you life and to give you a full life in him no matter how screwed up you think your life is, we believe God has an amazing ending to your story. We believe God wants to use you in a powerful way. No matter how much you think you've messed up your life, we believe God wants to rewrite your story. God wants to rewrite your ending, and God wants to use your life as a testimony. Pastor, I've I, I messed up. Not only are you welcome here, but you are wanted here because we've all made mistakes. And today we gotta get past the enemy getting us to doubt ourselves, and see Jesus through our eyes. And we gotta see that Jesus really values me and he really wants to do something great in my life. Now today I wanna visit a story, a story of a lady who felt the same way. She felt like an outcast to the religious society. She felt like no one really would love her. No one really valued her. God especially, and especially the church, did not see her as valuable. No one really wanted her around. It's a story of what we call the Samaritan woman. It's found in John chapter 4. It's a great story of Jesus coming and having an encounter with the Samaritan woman. Let's pick it up in verse 4 through 9. Now Jesus had to go. He had to go. Let's say it together. He had to go. We'll get back to that in a minute. He had to go through Samaria. On the way, eventually he came to Samaritan village of Sichar, and near the field of Jacob gave his, this, his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well. And about noontime, let's say that word, to us also important, about noontime, come on, someone say lunch break at noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was very surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Now, this is an important part of the story that you understand that it says here that Jesus had to go this way, but also that she was there at noontime, that she was there at noon. This is an important part of the story that you don't want to miss over. It's just not for a point of reference, but it's for a point of understanding the culture, understanding her attitude and her mindset as she was showing up that people did not show up to draw water at noon. Drawing water to take back to your home was a very uh, heavy task. It was a very tiring task to carry those, those buckets of water was very much hard, hard work. And you didn't dare attempt to do that in the heat of the afternoon. It was something that everybody did in the early mornings of the cool hour. The cool hours of the early morning, they showed up to do this at the coolest point possible because this was such hard work. Not only was it hard work, but it also became a place for social media. I mean, now we connect to social media. They, they all gather around the well and begin to talk about what happened the day before, what's going to happen this day. You wouldn't believe what they got, what happened to my son. This is what happened to my daughter. This is what happened in our house. Did you see what happened? I mean, everybody's talking about what's going on. It becomes a social place. It became a place where people longed to be because they wanted the interaction. It became a place where people were, were connected the community so to come at the noon hour meant some very strange things first of all it meant that she was avoiding a lot of people she did not want to be around people which means that she was probably not welcomed around people it means that she was trying to avoid the crowd she was trying to avoid and she, no one comes to get water at noon it's just way too hot but the context is this, that Jesus told her, he says, hey, I'm gonna give you living water and you go get your husband, let me tell you about this. And she goes, I don't have a husband. He goes, you're correct. Not only do you not have a husband, but you've been married five times on divorce and now you're living with the man you're without. And so he told her everything she was. And so this was a very religious culture. So you can imagine this woman who had been divorced and remarried five different times and living with a man now in a heavy religious culture, how she must have had it ingrained in her heart and her mind that she wasn't welcome there. She'd have been seen as unclean. She'd have been taught from a time she was an early age that when you break the laws of God, you are seen as unclean. And people are taught not to have anything to do with people who are unclean. You can't get too close to people who are unclean. So she was taught from an early age that the church didn't want her because of her uncleanness, and she was not allowed to be around them. I'm sure the people in the church let her know, stay away, you're unclean. We can't be around you. Sorry, but not sorry, we can't be around you. It was there. Church people don't want to be around you, and it was probably ingrained in her mind that God doesn't want to be around you. You are unclean. So Jesus had to go, it said Jesus had to go this way. Let me tell you, this was not on the path of Jesus' destination. Matter of fact, this became the long way around to where he was headed. For him to go this way meant he had intentionally had a purpose in going this way, that he was trying to come up, he was showing up in a lady's life who needed to know that Jesus saw her, that Jesus valued her, that Jesus was going to change her life, no matter what she had been through, no matter what the mistakes she had made, that Jesus saw her and valued her enough to go out of his way to not worry about what the church culture was thinking about him at the noon hour at a well talking to a lady who'd been divorced five times but he said I had to go that way because one of my children needed to know I loved him. He he had to go. See he, he has to come your way. He's looking to come your way. He has you here because he wants you to know you are loved and you are valued. He sees you, he died for you. Jesus said, I had to go. Let me just put it in another way. Jesus didn't play any religious games. He wasn't into religious games. He was into relationship and changing people's destiny. Matter of fact, John 3, 17, Jesus said this. This is Jesus' words. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Jesus didn't come to condemn you, lady. Jesus didn't come to condemn you, sir. Jesus came to save you and to radically change your life. This woman is about to encounter Jesus on a level that's going to radically change the way she does her life. It's going to radically change the way she interacts with others. It's going to radically change the way she sees herself. This woman is about to have an encounter with Jesus that would blow her mind. He came to love her, to save her, not to condemn her. I can remember sitting in a service, and this service was different than any other service. Not not especially because there was a special speaker or anything different. It was just something about an encounter with Jesus I had that day. For the first time, I really felt the love of God in my life. For the first time I knew that my way of carrying my bucket of shame around and then just every once in a while when I can't carry it, emptying it at the altar and then going back and filling it back up again only to feel heavy and feel that much more like a failure. Because I said I would never do it and I keep making mistakes and I became guilty and condemning myself, condemning my mind. And I realized, you know what? Jesus died For me to live my life free. Jesus' blood came to cover my sins, not for me to pick them back up and to walk out of here with them again, but He's erased my sin. He's erased my guilt. He doesn't condemn me instead he gives me mercy and love and I remember having that revelation for the first time where it really sunk in to how much God loves me and tears began to flow down my face and I was sitting there in the middle of a service I'm crying, I'm the only one crying but I, could, I couldn't stop crying, I couldn't stop worshipping, everybody else would stop worshipping I couldn't stop worshipping because God's love came to me in the middle of a worship time, I just felt this love in a way I can't tell you other than I had an encounter with that Jesus that forever changed my life that day, it wasn't just book knowledge. It became heart knowledge. It became head knowledge. God changed me and I understood how much he really loved and valued me and I dropped to my knees and I just said, God, I love you. God, I thank you so much for your mercy in my life. God, and when I got up that day, I knew that something had changed in me that was different than before. I knew that I was being set free in a way I had never been set free before and I knew that for the rest of my life, I had to share and tell people about the the goodness of god's mercy and grace in my life i knew that i had to tell others that you don't have to live in shame you don't have to live condemned but jesus sets you free that you can lay that down and your story can be different going forward i knew it was my heart's the destiny to do this let me ask you a question do you remember your encounter with jesus that changed your world Do you remember that encounter? Maybe it was at a church. Maybe it was at a service. Maybe you were sitting in a chair just like me. Maybe it was at a friend's house. Maybe it was driving down the street in the car. Maybe it's at a workplace. Maybe it was somewhere else talking to somebody. But somewhere you had an encounter with Jesus that changed your heart, that changed your life. When I encountered the true love of Jesus, I knew that from that moment on, I had to tell others about how good Jesus was in my life. You know, Jesus wants us to come in to worship him. He wants us to thank him for our story. God, thank you that you saved a sinner like me. God, thank you that you healed my life. God, thank you that you always have been with me even when I ran from you. God, thank you that you've changed my story. God, thank you that you showed up when I felt like I was unloved. God, thank you. He wants you to praise him for your story, but he also wants you to share your story. He wants me, he wants you, he wants all of us to learn to share our story. There it becomes the power of the word of our testimony. There it has the power to set other people free. It has the power to keep me free. It has the power to keep me from being tormented from the enemy who wants to condemn me. And I walk in freedom the more I share my story. It sets me free. Let's pick up the story again in verses 13 and 14. Jesus told this woman, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, that's important, becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Jesus said, what I give you is life-giving. We will all die without a fresh water source. We can't live. We must have a fresh water source to survive in our community. We must, no matter where people live around the world, they must have access to a fresh water source. If they don't, they will die. Listen, Jesus came to say, I've come to give you a fresh living water source. If you don't have it, you'll die. But in me, you'll thrive. In me, you'll be alive again. In me, I'm going to bring you, you're going to taste of me and see that I am good. You take a drink of my cup and you'll never thirst again. How many of us know people who are right here who are looking for Jesus in so many things? They don't even know it. If I can just accomplish this, then I'll feel satisfied. If I can only purchase this, then I'll be satisfied. If I can only achieve this goal, then I'll be satisfied. If I can only marry this person, if I can only have this many kids, if I can only do this and this and this, and we think all these things are gonna bring happiness and fulfillment in our life, only to realize those things may bring happiness, but it's short-lived, it's only temporary, and then pretty soon we're like thirsty again or want more. This is not enough. Why am I so needing more? Because it's not Jesus. The only thing that has power to bring and quench your thirst is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the only one that you can take a drink of his cup and say, now that was good, That was sustaining. That's what I want in my life. That's what I got to spend my life getting more of. That's what I got to pursue in my life. More of that living water. More of that relationship with God. More, 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 more of God. That's what gives me life. That's what gives me purpose. That's what gives me a destiny. We can share the living water that people are thirsty for. You've got it. Your friends need it. Your schoolmates need it. Your co-workers need it. Your your family, your community, your neighborhood people need it. Your teammates, they need it. We gotta share the living God with them. That my life is a testimony of the living God. Only Jesus can quench your thirst. That's the testimony that we have. Religious people, argue and protest those who are different from them. But Jesus' people share through their eyes and personal experience how Jesus has changed their life. Big difference. I'm not trying to raise up a bunch of religious people who can argue to try to argue with people about who's right and who's wrong. I want to raise up a followers of Jesus Christ who will love people and let them know I've been changed through a relationship with Jesus Christ and so can you. Jesus loves you. He loves me. He doesn't condemn you. I don't either. Religious people condemn others. Jesus people love others. Now listen, loving others doesn't mean that we give our stamp of approval on anybody's lifestyle that contradicts God's word. But it does say this, that we don't also use it for an excuse to spiritually beat anybody up and condemn people. It's about learning to let God come alive through your story and God's love through your own personal testimony. Listen, people can argue your theology all day. And we've all met people like that. No matter how much you try to tell them about God, and try to tell them about theology. They wanna argue theology with you and they wanna twist it around and they wanna argue with you and try to prove you wrong and why the Bible's, they, just, they was always, they will argue with you back and forth until your head explodes. Anybody ever met somebody like that? Anyone ever been that person before? I'm just playing. It can happen. Listen, people can argue your theology, they can, but people cannot argue. No one can argue my personal experience with Jesus. You may be able to argue my theology, but what you can't argue is this, that on that day when I had a life encounter with Jesus, my life has never been the same. I felt something that day that changed me forever. I felt the love of God. I felt the healing of God, and God has been with me ever since that day. My life has forever gotten better. My life has took a different path, and my life is full of blessing now of the Lord. You may argue my theology all you want, but you can't argue my personal experience. You don't have. All I can tell you is for me. In my house. Oh, I can tell you for me what I've experienced the goodness and faithfulness of God. That even through my hardest hour, He never left me. Even through my most difficult season of life, He's always been there through the good and the bad. I have never been alone or felt alone. That's my personal story, my personal experience. So many of us get caught up. You need to know theology. That's important. You need to know apologetics and what you believe and why you believe it. But what I'm telling you is that's not going to change anybody. What's going to change people is your personal story. Let's pick it up now in verses 28 through 30. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village. Can I I tell you this? She, She didn't just leave her water there. She left her shame there as well. She ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came in streaming. from. The, they didn't come in just casually walking. The Bible says they came in streaming. I mean, this woman was avoiding everyone. She felt condemned She felt like she was an outcast. She didn't show up like everybody else. All of a sudden she comes back to those same people she was trying to avoid the same religious community that was trying to tell her she was not clean or worthy, she couldn't be around God, all of a sudden she came back, she leaves the water behind, she's come and see a man who knew how bad I've been, who knew how messed up my life was, and he spent time with me anyway. He loved to be with me anyway, and he told me everything I'd ever done wrong, but yet he was speaking life over my life. Come and see for yourself. Come and see, I think this is the Messiah she didn't even know for sure but she said, come and see I, I think this could be the Messiah she knew see this woman had no theological training she didn't go to Bible college but yet she's out telling people after her personal encounter with Jesus come and see come and see listen it's not that hard we just tell people come and see listen just come sit next to me in church come and see how Jesus can just come one time just come. I had a text this week from somebody who told me that they had avoided church for a long, long time. And finally, their friends said, listen, just come one time. I promise you, it's not church like it used to. It's different there at Destiny. There's something different. Come and experience. He said, I was so doubtful, but I, they bugged me so much. I came with them one time, and ever since then, I've been hooked. God's been changing my life. I never knew that church could be like this. I never knew that God loved me the way he does. Thank you, Pastor, for sharing She goes to people she was avoiding. And now she says, come and see. Just come and see. Come experience. I don't know what to tell people. How about that? Hey, just come and see for yourself. My life has forever been changed. Come and experience for yourself. Verses 39 and 42, look what happens when she begins to tell them. It says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's what? Testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two more days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said, but now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. The people come streaming in, think about that you ever seen a flash flood when it comes i saw a picture of people coming in they're streaming in i'm just coming down right there people are coming in to see who was it that told this woman of all people, about her life being changed. Who was it that forgave this woman of her sins? Who was it that spent time? Who was it that this woman all of a sudden now has done a 180, her attitude's differently, she's talking to us, she's sharing God's love with us? I gotta come see for myself, what could change this woman? Come and see her testimony. Her testimony, your your testimony becomes a power, In your hands, your testimony becomes what God wants you to share, your personal testimony. No longer to believe because of what she said, but now I've experienced it for myself. And now her testimony becomes their testimony. It goes from because she had a testimony, I came and checked it out, but I experienced it for myself. And now I've got a testimony. Now they have a personal experience as well what happens? Revival breaks out. They said, Jesus, stay with us, man. It come streaming in and Jesus, who was only going to make like a 15 minute side break there and just spending two extra days there because people are flooding in. People are streaming in to hear about this message of how Jesus changes people's lives. Come and see. People came. Revival breaks out. He stays there for two days. This whole village is radically changed because this woman who religious people said we condemn, who said is unclean, who felt unworthy, she had a personal encounter with Jesus that forever changed her life. And she said, come and see how Jesus has changed my life. Because this woman shared Jesus through her eyes. Her whole community was changed. And see, if we're going to change our viewpoint, we need to change the way people see Jesus. Do people see you as somebody wanting to argue theology? Always pointing out who's wrong, but do they see you as somebody? But God's amazing grace has changed your life. God's love has changed your life. God has healed you even through your darkest of hours. And now they want to see that, you know what, I can't. I can't I can't give up on God. He's the only thing that got me through. I can't I can't turn my back on God. He's the only one that was there for me. He's the only one that loved me when others condemned me. He was the one who forgave me. When all others forsaken me, he had never forsaken me. When others saw me as an outcast, he asked me for a drink. He spent time with me in the noon hour. And nobody else comes there, knowing I would be there and he knows all the bad I've done and he still loves me and wants to be there with me. Some of you need to get that today. You're sitting here today feeling condemned in your own mind. and I want you to know Jesus sees you and loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Today, he doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to bring you into his amazing grace to set you free and to give you a testimony of change in your life People need to see Jesus in your eyes. They don't need to see your judgment. So share your story. Live your story. Tell your story. Let me ask you to bow your heads. This morning, if you hear say, Pastor, I, that's me. You've been talking to me. As you're sharing all day, I realize that that's been me. I've been afraid. God wouldn't accept me. I don't, I've been afraid I wasn't enough. The Bible says we must believe in the finished work of the cross, that we must believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that his blood forgives all of our sins, that he was buried in the tomb and resurrected on the third day, that he is the Messiah, God's only son. If we believe that, then we can walk in this amazing thing called God's grace and a relationship with him. This is where it all starts. So today, if you're here, say, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready to accept Jesus. I'm ready to give Jesus my heart and my life today. I'm ready to surrender my life, and I've never done that before. I said Today's my day. I'm ready to do that. We're not going to single you out. We're not going to embarrass you. Nobody's looking right now but me. But can you just raise your hand, says, so me, Pastor, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Thank you. Anybody else want to join them? Thank you. Anybody else? Come on, raise it high right now. That's a good time. Thank you. Yeah, anybody else? You're ready. Thank you. I see those hands. Come one more time. If you haven't raised it yet, raise it right now. Say, I'm ready, Pastor. Today's my day. I see those hands. Thank you so much. If you raise your hand, I want you to say it with me out loud. As Christians around you, we'll say it together with you as well out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you are the Messiah. God's only Son, and I surrender all of my life to you and I will follow you all the days of my life in Jesus name. Amen. If you believe that with your heart today, we say welcome to the family of God. I put in my hand clap. What an awesome thing, you're why we're here today. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, we invite you to start by our hub before you leave. We'd love to give you a new Bible and some other things to put in your hands. As you stand up across the room today, how many say, Pastor, I really needed to hear this today. I really needed to hear this. I need to realize how much God really loves me. Anybody here, you say, yeah, hands going up across the room. I see that. How many say, Pastor, I need to I need to share my story more. I need to share my story. People need to see Jesus' love. I, I'm going to pray for you. Raise your hands across the room right now. Father, I pray that you raise up people who are not afraid to say, come and see Come and see how Jesus has changed my life. God, this room is full of powerful testimony, powerful women, powerful men, powerful young people. Right now, God, you're going to use to be an influence, to say, come and see how Jesus has changed my life. I pray right now that, God, you will use them. God, we will not be afraid to share our story, but it becomes a power to defeat the enemy in our life. And right now, I thank you that, God, you're going to give a spiritual boldness in Jesus' name. You're giving boldness, God, to share our story in a new and positive way. We're going to share with people. We're going to live it out. We're going to share your goodness, your love, your mercy in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing it today.